Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, I am Rich Valdez, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, and we're talking about inauguration, intelligence, interference, and immigration. But first, the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, has assessed that China interfered in the 2020 federal elections, according to a letter transmitted to Congress yesterday. Now, in the letter, and I'm if I find the letter, I have the letter. I just don't know if I'm going to find the time to read it all of it to you. So I'm going to try and give you a, a synopsis of it. But the director of national intelligence alleges that the intelligence regarding China's election interference was suppressed by management at the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, which pressured analysts in their office to withdraw their support for the view that China was involved. So that means they had evidence that China was involved. Don't know how they were involved, but they had this evidence. And they were like, don't include that. We don't want to hear that. That's not cool. Now, citing a report by the intelligence community, Analytic Ombudsman Barry Zuloff, the director of national intelligence, said that some analysts were reluctant to describe China's actions as election interference because they disagreed with the policies of President Trump. Wow. It's pretty deep stuff. And again, this is not somebody's opinion. This is an official letter that was sent to Congress um, from the report from the director of national intelligence. The Washington Examiner published Ratcliffe's letter and the Ombudsman report on January 17th, 10 days after publishing the original report on the documents. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence did not respond to requests from media to authenticate the documents. But one of the quotes from the letter, based on all available sources of intelligence, all available sources of intelligence, with definitions consistently applied and reached by independent and independent of political considerations or undue pressure, the People's Republic of China sought to influence the 2020 U.S. federal elections. End quote. That's a matter of fact and now a matter of the public record. That's, I think, a pretty serious thing. Now, he goes on to say, D.N.I. Radcliffe, given analytic differences in the way that Russia and China and their analysts have examined their targets, the analysts for China appeared hesitant to assess Chinese actions as undue influence or interference. And this is according to Zuloff, the watchdog. Further saying, these analysts appeared reluctant to have their analysis on China brought forward because they tended to disagree with the administration's policies on China, saying, in effect, I don't want our intelligence used to support these policies. 
Neither the ombudsman nor the letter from Radcliffe includes details on what China did, how they did it, the sources and methods. Those were omitted. Zuloff, the watchdog, redirected an interview request to the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, which hasn't responded. And I'm reading from uh, NTD News. And this is, I saw this also in other publications. And interesting stuff. And there's a PDF of the letter available. Maybe I will tweet that out so if you guys want to see it. And this way I don't have to read you the whole entirety of it. But so that you're aware on what's going on. And this now this letter has now been unclass- unclassified, declassified, I should say. So now you have these folks saying, here's the deal. We found China. China did what they're doing. Yet you still have Adam Schiff saying that he doesn't believe that Trump, upon leaving office, should ever have any intel briefings. Now, what's interesting here is that all former presidents get intel briefings. That's just a matter of custom because they are former presidents. So it doesn't matter if you're not in office now. You already know the secrets. You're part of the club. So that's why they keep them in the loop, because they don't want these guys going off and doing something in their private affairs um, and jeopardizing what could potentially be happening by keeping them out of the loop. So they're in the loop. So this is why they have Secret Service protection forever. They get a presidential library. You're kind of like always president in a way, not, you know, the president, but you're always a president. And I'm oversimplifying for the sake of any teenagers that are listening, because I know you don't care about all the details of this stuff, but I know that the overall big picture of these things does, in fact, matter to you. But I want you guys to hear what Adam Schiff had to say about President Trump. Check this out. Sue Gordon, who I know you know, uh, one of the nation's top intelligence professionals for decades, wrote an op-ed yesterday in which she said President Trump is a security threat himself, and when he leaves office, he should be denied access to intelligence briefings. Would you urge the Biden administration to do that? Absolutely. There's no circumstance uh, in which this president should get another intelligence briefing, not now, uh, not in the future. Uh, I don't think he can be trusted with it now, uh, and in the future he certainly can't be trusted. Indeed, there were, uh, I think, any number of intelligence partners of ours around the world uh, who probably started withholding information from us because they didn't trust the president uh, would would, uh, would safeguard that information and protect their sources and methods. And that makes us less safe. Um, we've seen this president politicize intelligence, uh, and that's a, another risk to the country. So there's Adam Schiff again spouting off at the mouth, always saying something derogatory, really. And again, he has his right, he has an opinion, and he's protected by the speech and debate clause of the Constitution. But let me tell you, the fact that Donald Trump came to Washington, and listen, I'm the first guy to say, I sent Trump to Washington, my, I cast my vote for a bull to go into a China shop to break as much as he could, because I don't like the way we do business in Washington. I don't like the customs and practices that have developed where we've made government in effect for us, not of us, for us, by us, right? Not for the people, but for the government people, for the swamp, for the ruling class, for those that can maximize their profit and power. And a lot of people do it in different ways. You've got people that just are happy to, you know, use patronage and and hooking up their peeps as a way of um, fitting in. Nepotism's their game. They're happy to be like, oh, no, no, I'm going to get you a job. I'm going to get you a job. I'm going to get you a job. 
And then, no, no, listen, listen, honey, go, go to college. Take my list. Study public administration. Study social work. They tell you exactly what to study so they can get you a job because they already know. They just did their 30 years in state government or federal government. They know how to get in. They know how to pass the test. And they're telling you to do the same thing. And they're, in fact, what they're doing is they're building a stronger government system. Not a weaker one, not a lesser one, not a, a more in, a less intrusive one, but a more intrusive one. One that comes and has to decide things for you. And, and they've rigged the system. So you can go to whatever place you want for university and college. And there are certain avenues, nonprofits, which are used to promote ideas and lots of different things. Government. And guess what? The United States Department of Education says they will forgive all of your student debt if you choose to work in a nonprofit or the government for five years. So what does that do? It gets people right into the government trough saying, oh, you know what? Forget working at a big investment bank. Forget working here or there. You know, I, I never liked finance anyway. Forget trying to start my own business. Forget trying to launch my own this or my own that. I'm just going to do that because oh, I get to go to school for free. I get to do this. I'll go to the government. I'll make, you know, 25% more than everybody else makes. Because we all know everybody used to complain, oh, I work for the government. I don't make money. Come on. They get the best insurance. They have the best everything. They have more sick days than everything. They they have unlimited this days, unlimited that days. You know, in Jersey, when I worked for the state government in New Jersey, I was blown away at how things worked. I And I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again real quick. I went in there, and I remembered I was paying something like $9,000 a year for my own health insurance at my job. I worked for a, a private school, and when I went to Trenton, worked in the capital. Capital Complex. Guess what? They were like, oh, you're only going to pay $750 a year for your health insurance. And I'm thinking, hmm, how does that work out? I was just paying nine grand for a family of four. Now you're telling me uh, for, for myself and my kids, I'm going to pay 750 Yes, sir, that's correct. They had worked out this deal like nobody else had because in the state of New Jersey, the biggest employer is the state. Now you can argue and say, oh, that's just free market capitalism. You know, that's the free market. They want to get the business of the state. No, sir. No, ma'am. Ding, ding, ding. You are not correct. That's not how it works. What ends up happening is these guys know that one hand washes the other. So they create these deals to give them exorbitant power. That's why the governor gets to appoint the people, at least some of the people, that are on the board of Blue Cross Blue Shield in New Jersey. How convenient. Private company, Right. One would think. Not the case. The government has their tentacles in everything. So not to mention that, but then I contributed to a pension. That's super. You're entitled to a pension. It's part of the way it works. Nothing wrong with pensions. I also contributed to something called deferred compensation. So guess what? When you complete your 20 years of service in New Jersey state government, and most people do 30 because that's what it takes them to get to where they are because you get the pension from the highest Grant, uh, grade level or rank that you've achieved. So, if, you know, let's say when you retire, you just got this new job as deputy assistant director to whatever, blah, 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 and now you make $190,000 a year. Let's say you're doing that job and you're in it for whatever, six months, three months. You, I've decided I'm going to retire because you're vested, you're of age, and you can do it. So you retire on your whatever it is, 65 or 80% of your current salary as your pension. But then you have deferred compensation, which is, in effect, like a 401k. It's another investment tool. So you're cashing out 
hundreds of thousands of dollars on your deferred compensation. You're going to retire with a pension that's probably going to pay you somewhere between 60, 70, 80, maybe 100 grand a year on your pension to be retired till death. You get your benefits till death. And up until a few years ago, because of Governor Christie, you were able to retire and say, you know what? I never took a sick day. Even if you did, they would, you know, fudge the numbers. And you could say that you wanted your sick days in cash. And some people were cashing those out to the tune of $250,000, $225,000, a check, when they retired. Not a bad gig. Who else gets that? You talk about CEOs with golden parachutes. All I could say is those guys at least engineered that. They didn't coerce anybody to do anything. That's all private industry. That's all selling stuff. That's, this is the government. There is no opt-in. You have to pay tax. I literally don't get a dollar of my paycheck until the government's already skimmed their piece off the top. So I say all of that not to get you know into my my um, background in the states per se, but to say that this is I was one guy and I was blown away by this. And as much as it benefited me, I knew it did not help my state. I knew that the state could not maintain that and sustain that. And that was why the governor said, you know what, this whole thing with people not paying for health insurance that has to stop. State can't afford to pay for it. The budget's bloated. The the whole thing with people cashing in sick days. We're gonna maximum of fifteen thousand now. You can still cash out sick days, but it has to be fifteen thousand. Now, what I think is interesting is, raise your hand if you work somewhere where you can tell your boss when you quit or when you retire. You can say, hey, by the way, I never took a sick day. Do you mind giving me in cash all my sick days? Cue the countdown clock for how fast they're gonna laugh you out of town and laugh you out of that office. But that's how the government works, at least in New Jersey. And guess what? If it happens in Jersey, it's going to happen in California, and it's going to happen in Washington, and this is how it works. They test things in Jersey, New York, California, these really left-leaning states. So you look at all of that, and you think, man, the government's got its tentacles in everything. And this is why we have the amount of traffic we have coming in from Central America, from Honduras, from all these other places. This is why there is such a fight over the Latino vote. This is why... You have congresswomen like the people from the squad that want to go ahead and jump into the debate over race all the time. So I'm going to get to all of that and more. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. This is America. All right, bienvenido. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on all social media at Rich Valdez with an S. And Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib had some really incendiary things to say. She alleges that Trump should be locked up. And the only reason he's not locked up is because he's white. She doesn't consider the fact that he's president. He hasn't committed a crime and that not everybody lives their life through the lens of racism like she does. It's not all about black and brown, black and brown, black and brown. But I want you to hear what she had to say. Check this out. I hope that there's an awakening in the Senate, uh, but I've been waiting for that awakening to happen for quite a while, uh, for Leader McConnell and many others to finally say enough is enough and impeach and convict the forever impeach twice <laughs> President uh, Donald Trump. What he did was pretty unprecedented. And Amy, I have to be honest, if it was somebody that looked like me, if it was uh, President Barack Obama, there would be no question that he would be held accountable. He would be convicted. He'd be removed from office. He would never, ever be able to run again. He wouldn't ever be able to get public benefits. Uh, he has truly... Um, 
sent uh, us to, or is a dangerous path that I don't think is going to go away very easily, even after he leaves office. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. So they continue to set the stage saying that everything that Trump does is dangerous. Everything's white supremacist. Everything's based on race. Race this, race that, race this, race that. And she's right in one thing. It's not going to change. Nobody's going away. Both the radicals like her that believe in black and brown, black and brown, black and brown, black and brown. And the radicals like me that believe in patriotism, that believe nothing has to be based on race, that we can do things based on merit and that the free market really reigns supreme. And I don't think any of us are going anywhere. And it's a battle of ideas in the free marketplace of ideas. And this is why you have people coming in. And you have people that are being encouraged to come in. So when you have these guys from Honduras that are chomping at the bit to get in, and we're going to hear that in a second. But the most important thing I want you to hear is right now, Katie Couric. Katie Couric said that we have to be deprogrammed. And how is it that you're going to deprogram me or you're going to deprogram Rashida Tlaib? But listen to what she said. Which party is it? Is it Mitt Romney? Is definitely, I think, going to run in 2024. Never too late. Biden and (laughs) Trump have proved he's not too old. Used to be too old for Mitt Romney now. Now it's perfect for Mitt Romney. And he's going to run till he's a million years old. He seems like Nelson Mandela at this point, Mitt Romney, doesn't he? Uh, I think he suffered less, but yes. <laughs> it's uh, not going to be Mitt Romney. You know what I mean. <laughs> All right. He seems to be an incredible statesman now. You can stop that. I'm so tired of hearing this lady. The comment that she makes is that how long is it going to take until we deprogram them? And this is the problem, in my opinion. We shouldn't be deprogramming anybody. We shouldn't be programming anybody. Let people program themselves. That is what liberty is all about. Not about raising up Mitt Romney as some sort of quintessential Republican. In my opinion, Mitt Romney is part of the problem that Republicans have. If we had less Republicans like Mitt Romney, we wouldn't have half the problems we have. If we had more Republicans that are like President Trump, you'd see Hispanic businesses flourishing. And that's why I always put a spotlight on Hispanic businesses because – You see them start to flourish. And in this most recent election, the 2020 presidential race, Trump had such success with Hispanics, it surprised a lot of people. Trump not only defeated former Vice President Joe Biden by a healthy 375,000 votes in Florida, he also made deep inroads with Hispanic voters. Specifically, nearly 55% of Florida's Cuban-American vote went to Trump. It's more than half. 30% of Puerto Ricans. And... More than 48% of those defined as other Latino backed Trump as well. And this is in a heavily uh, Democrat area like Miami-Dade County, where President Trump went from 333,999, so that's almost 334,000 votes in 2016, to more than 532,000 votes this year. Numbers don't lie. And Jay-Z said that, right? Men and women lie. Numbers don't. These are impressive for any candidate, especially a Republican. As for Biden... 
His vote count was even less when you compare it to how Hillary Clinton did in 2016, where she got 624,000 votes in Miami-Dade County, with Biden falling short of that. So I think of that, I look at that data that's in the Hill, and I think there's a reason for that. And it's because just because people are Hispanic or Latino doesn't mean that they have to vote a certain way. People tend to love their country. People tend to want what's good for them and good for their families. And nobody wants a bunch of people from anywhere, doesn't matter what country they're coming from, breaking down barriers, sneaking into the country and taking jobs away from people. Now, some people say, oh, but they're persecuted, they're this and they're that. That may be the case. But you listen to this audio clip, and it's short, of a bunch of uh, quote-unquote migrants at the border, and you tell me what your thoughts of that are. Listen to this. What do you want for your people? What I want for my people, I just want patience and peace that we can get to the U.S. because they're having a new president. Where's Biden? He's going to help all of us. He's given us a hundred days to get to the U.S. and give us legal mental paper so we can get a better life for our kids and family. So there you have. I've never heard a Honduran that sounds like that, by the way. Uh, that didn't sound like any Spanish accent I've ever heard. Uh, maybe British Honduras. Maybe he's from Belize. Uh, but I can tell you this. That did not sound like any Honduran I've ever uh, met or heard of or seen. But taking them at their word. President Biden has given us 100 days. I think that's what he said. When? <laughs> when did he do that? Now, that means either there's back channel deals going around or people are interfering in U.S. policy saying, you know what? Oh, this new guy, he's going to his first 100 days. He's going to let you in. Or maybe Biden said, give me the first 100 days to get things settled and then I'll let you in. And they misunderstood it. All I know is you've got people at the border and that's a video and that's on uh, Rumble if you want to check it out. The people are sneaking in knowing that they're going to be allowed in almost as if they've been invited here. Now, again, he could be lying, just like the guy with the horns that broke into the Capitol was like, well, Trump invited me, so I'm hoping he'll pardon me. Get out of here, bro. That ain't happening. And and this guy may be the same. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say this guy's some sort of hired shill because I've never – first of all, I don't know that people – that many people speak English in in a lot of uh, these countries in Central South America. It's not very common. Most of them honestly don't even speak – they speak Spanish, but they don't read in Spanish and they can't write in Spanish. Because the illiteracy rate is extremely high in in that part of the world. So when you look at that stuff, it, it really makes you think, hmm, this is a real head scratcher. A, is that authentic? And B, why is Biden inviting all his friends over from Honduras? <laughs> Tell them to stop. We can't afford that. We can't have that. That's not what this is about. In, in reality, we have to stop this stuff because we can't have any repeats of the Obama administration. Right. I mean, they, they want to talk about election interference, election interference. You know, the United States in the last four years under Donald Trump never interfered in other elections, as best I know. But it was widely publicized back in 2016, 2017, um, excuse me, 2012, 2013, 20 at the end, 2016, that the Obama administration had interfered and gotten involved in the, uh, elections in Israel. And, you know, and this is not my defense of Israel, although I will defend Israel as as a partner nation, as an ally. But this is a topic I want to touch upon. So in the next episode, we're definitely going to talk more about this. And it's an old story, but one worth revisiting. And that's why I always say, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph 
is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. That's why we have to do things. You know, Secretary Pompeo recently said, censorship, wokeness, political correctness, it all points in one direction. Authoritarianism, cloaked as moral righteousness. Michael R. Pompeo. Keep that in mind as you continue to fight because America needs you now more than she's ever needed you before. Hasta la próxima, America. Until next time, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 